Okay. In the blessing that Yitzhak gives to Yaakov, he says to him, may God give you from the dew of the heaven, from the fat of the earth. And the words he uses are v'yitan lacha. And Rashi comments and says, he should give you and give you again. And the reason why Rashi says that this is referring to a double gift is because of the extra vav. V'yitan lacha. The letter vav means and. God should give you. And the extra vav means God should give you and give you again. It should be not just one gift, but he should give you again. Now, a human being doesn't have the ability to give enough to satisfy everybody around them uh, forever. So it makes sense why we are um, need to continue to give to those in need. But God has everything. So it doesn't make sense why the Torah says that God has to give and give again because God has it all. So why does he need to give and give again? What does that mean? So the words preceding Yitzhak's blessing to Yaakov, um, Yitzhak observes the fragrance in Yaakov's garments. And he says, look, the fragrance of my son's garments are like the fragrance of a field that that God has blessed. And then Yitzhak proceeds to give Yaakov these incredible blessings. So he introduces the blessings with, Look at the fra- look at the fragrance of my son's garments. The Talmud in the free comments that Yitzchak's blessing to Yaakov was a result of a vision that he had. He saw the fragrance of the sacrifices that were going to be offered in the temple. The word "bni," which means my son, is related to the word building. Yitzchak saw how the temple was going to be built, the Jewish people would offer sacrifices. And then he also saw the field. The meaning of the word field means he saw how the temple was going to be destroyed. And then, it, and then he saw also Asher Berich Hashem, the blessing of God. He also saw the third temple. He saw the everlasting goodness and happiness of the coming of Mashiach. See, after he witnessed all of these three events, the building of the temple, the destruction of the temple, and the everlasting third temple, that is what inspired his blessing. The question is, why did he need to see those three events in order to give his blessing? And again, what's the meaning of bless and then bless again? What does that mean? So there is a analogy that perhaps can help us uh, with this question. A teacher, teaches a student very deep and powerful Talmudic novelay. He teaches him lots of insights in Talmud. And he's a good student. And the student now is able to absorb really fascinating insights. That's one kind of teacher. He gives the student very deep insights, but he doesn't give the student the ability to learn himself. Then there is another kind of teacher who not only gives the student the great insights of his own, but he gives the student the tools that the student needs in order to be able to discover his own insights in Torah. Now, the student, even after the teacher, the second teacher, gives him these tools, is not in the same level as the teacher. His 
exercise in Talmudic insight is is mediocre at best in compared to his teacher. His insights are negligible. So if we were to talk about the level of insight he has in Talmud, we would give him a D. But if we were to, on the other hand, grade the student himself, the student of the first teacher would get an F, and the student of the second teacher would get an A. Meaning, if we're trying to learn about, if, if we're, if our yardstick of achievement is how much do they know, the first teacher, the first student will get an A, the second student will get a D. But if we're talking about their own ability, they as they as students, who is a better student, the second teacher has given these tools to the second student to be able to develop his own uh, own insights, and therefore he is he's raised them up. Yes, his insights are insignificant compared to his teachers, but on the other hand. If you wanted to look at what has changed within him, he has now become a student of Torah that is capable of giving his own insights in Torah, albeit not as great as his teachers. These two models are what Hasidic Hasidic terms and There is that which is given from above. There is that which Hashem gives us as a gift. And there is what Hashem uh, inspires us to elevate ourselves from below. And there is an advantage in both. When God sends his inspiration from heaven, so it's much greater, it's, it's infinite. On the other hand, it's all God, it's not about you. On the other hand, when you make an effort yourself in your connection to God with your own heart and mind, yes, it's a lot lower, but it's a lot deeper, it's, it's within you. This is in general the difference between uh, the tzaddik and the balshuva, the tzaddik is a window to, to the God's reality. A tzaddik brings the revelation of Hashem in this world through his Torah, through his mitzvahs, and he causes God's light to shine in the world. A tzaddik is about revelation from above to below. A balshuva is someone who has walked off the beaten path. He has been derailed, and he is no longer able to. Uh, he doesn't feel that connection anymore. And yet he goes back and he and he makes an effort to come back on and come close to God again. That that effort that he makes to come back to God is his own effort. So on the one hand, it's it's not as if you there's an argument in the Talmud, who is greater, the tzaddik or the Balshuva? And the answer is the Talmud gives two answers. One is that the tzaddik is greater, and the more famous one that we're all familiar with is that the Balshuva is greater. The Shalah says. They're not really arguing. There's an advantage of the tzaddik and an advantage of a balshuva. There's a similar concept in Prikiyavis. It's a little bit deep, but let's go for it. it. It says in the Talmud that there are five students of Rabbi Yechemim and Zakai. One of his students, his name was Rabbi Lezer ben Hurkanus. Another student was Rabbi Lezer ben Aruch. The Talmud says if you were to weigh all the students of Israel against Rabbi Lezer ben Hurkanus, he would outweigh them all in his sheer brilliance. The same, same ethics of our fathers and continues on and says, if you were to weigh all the sages of Israel, including Rebbe Lezer ben Arukunus, and you were to weigh him against Rebbe Lezer ben Arach, Rebbe Lezer ben Arach would outweigh all of them, including Rebbe Lezer ben Arukunus. So the commentaries of this mission explain it's not that, that in the first um, process of weighing the sages of Israel, Rebbe Lezer ben Arach, the greater, it seems, the greater Torah scholar wasn't present. 
Rather, there's an advantage that Blazer ben Aroch has over all the sages of Israel, and there's an advantage that Blazer ben Hurkunus has over all the sages of Israel. And they are the respective uh, virtues of the two kinds of students that we ma- I mentioned before. Rabbi Lezer ben Hurkunus, Rabbi Yochanan said, what's great about my student? He is a He's someone who's like a cistern that does not lose a drop of water. He's able to absorb all the teachings that I give him. He knows it all. Everything I taught, he knows it all. So he is like the first student who receives the wisdom of his teacher. Rabbi Lezer ben Aroch, his virtue, as Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said, is a mayin hamizgaber. He is like a wellspring that flows within himself. He is able to burst forth within, within himself with new Torah insights. So if you were to weigh the all the sages of Israel against each of them, they'd all outweigh each other because there's a, they each have a unique advantage. And their advantages are analogous to the tzaddik and the Balshuva. They're now the tzaddik's service of Hashem is like Torah and mitzvahs in, in general, where when we learn Torah, we do mitzvahs, we're drawing down Galilee to the world. We're, we're creating a window to the sky. I'm thinking window to the sky because you could see the sky in the video. Okay, anyways. So uh, then there is the Balshuva, who is uh, the opposite. The Balshuva, he's making his own artificial man-made efforts to come close to Hashem. So this is the meaning of the blessing of Yitzchak. Yitzchak says, I smell the fragrance of, my, of your garments like the fragrance of a field that God has blessed. The Talmud says the first passage of his words are, I see the fragrance of your garments. He's talking about the first temple. The first temple is analogous to the tzaddik. It's analogous to keeping Torah and mitzvahs. It's analogous to the revelation of God. It's about the sacrifices that bring down God's light to the world. That's the first part of his blessing. Then Yitzhak goes on in his vision and he sees the destruction of the temple. That represents how we make a mistake and we go off. And, and the temple is turned into a field. It's destroyed. But that elicits that, that elicits and creates a whole new kind of relationship with God. And that is the represented by the third temple. The third temple is built by us doing teshuva for the destruction, for the sins that brought about the, about the destruction of the temple, and thereby merit to have the everlasting goodness and holiness and sweetness of the coming of Mashiach. So after Yitzhak sees the third temple, then Yitzhak says to Yaakov, or rather, God should give you, and God should give you again. God should give you the first blessing Yitzhak is saying is, God should give you the blessing of a tzaddik. God should give you the blessing of Torah mitzvahs. God should give you the blessing of the first temple. God should give you the blessing of revelation that comes on high. And then he says, and I also see that you're going to go off the road. And I give you another blessing. I give you the blessing to have the wherewithal, to know that even if you've gone off, you can still come back. You should have the power to come back. Not only is he giving him the initial blessing to make a step towards God, he's also, he's also giving him a blessing to find the strength within himself when he goes off the road to go back and be close to Hashem again. As we have discussed many times, the meaning of our evening prayers, remove the satan from in front of us and from behind us. And the previous Rebbe says, before you do an Aveir, the Satan says, it's worth it, enjoy it, it's nothing, doesn't matter. And after you do whatever it is that's wrong, that has enticed you, then the Yitzhahara says to you, you see, you're worthless, you're worthless. And he tries to, tries to take out that drive. And Mendel Futafas, famous Chassel, used to say, you lost money, you haven't lost anything. Money comes and money goes. 
You lost your health, a half person's lost. But you lost your drive, it's all gone. It's all gone. You kept to hold on to your drive. So that's the bracha of Yitzchak, Yitin, V'yachser, V'yitin. Not only should God give you the blessing to be a tzaddik and do the right things, but even when you've made the, the, that mistake that's taking you off the road, Yitin, V'yachser, V'yitin, should empower you to do teshuva and to bring about the in, e- eternal goodness and holiness of the third base of the English of the coming of Mashiach. And that's what I wanted to share today. That's a Hasidic thought for Pashas told us. Any, any questions? Comments, criticism. All right, a great day. David, Beryl, Dr. Ressman, Zygazen, Koltov.